0: Just Being Honest. The JBH Podcast. Let's rock this. True food, full thought. Today's podcast of the Just Being Honest Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Branch Basics. Branch Basics has created a multi purpose concentrate that makes cleaning simple affordable and sustainable finally seriously i'm singing the songs from the heaven above finally their products are refillable and are significantly less expensive than many similar single-use products on the market here's how to use branch basics simply dilute the concentrate with water and you'll be ready to tackle any cleaning job around the house even your dirty laundry Seriously. All right. Happy cleaning, folks. And if you'd like to try out this magical and non-toxic concentrate cleaner by Branch Basics, we'd like to offer you a special JBH listener gift. Simply enter HONEST15, that's honest one at checkout for 15% off your Branch Basics starter kit. Or, simply click on the link in the show notes and you will be guided in the right direction. Once again, that is Honest 15. On this episode, number 56, of the Just Being Honest podcast, I'm joined by my newest soul sister and female leader, Kelly Tennant. Kelly Tennant in my world, well guys, she is a breath of fresh air. A woman with an honest voice that is rare to find, but enviable to translate. Over the course of 14 years, Kelly has gone from USC athlete to a driven career as an on-camera sports reporter for professional teams including the Los Angeles Lakers, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and the Los Angeles Galaxy. Guys, her name and face held extreme value and recognition in the sports entertainment world. And then she left it all. Kelly fell ill with a mystery illness that was left misdiagnosed by doctors. Once the truth was revealed that Kelly had Epstein-Barr virus, a key player in chronic illness, it was time for Kelly to focus on living a life of purpose in order to fully heal. Kelly created her business called The Platform. It is a space to help women heal. And guys, she is to share more on this in the episode. But on this episode, Kelly and I both share our personal stories of healing. I have to admit how scary this is for me to personally share something that was really scarring from my past, which actually brought me close to death. I hope you understand my hesitance and accept my vulnerability on this subject. Please note that it's a graphic moment that may be uncomfortable for many to listen to, but I feel in my heart that I need to unveil this truth and shed it from my soul forever. It's truly profound what the past can hold against us deep within our genes unless we face it and nurture those traumas. I hope that you all feel as though you can be brave to share your stories with me and with others and know that the past does not define your glorious light. So, guys, on to the show. Kiss kiss, hug, hug, peace, love, ciao. Are you ready to get honest? Okay, so hey, hi. Hey. Your house is like literally a pin from Pinterest. <laughs> we did
1: use a lot of pinterest boards to create this okay because i like (laughs) went to the bathroom
0: i was like oh oh wow like there's marble like marble look yeah um so thanks for having me thanks
1: for coming this is so fun i love
0: it i was telling kelly when oh by the way guys this is um kb i host the just being honest podcast and uh, who do we have here, Miss Lovely? I'm Kelly Tennant, host of the Platform Podcast. So we are two soul sisters. This is kind of fun. This is like really different. Usually when I host my podcast, I have my whole little like, hey guys, blah, 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 blah. So we're getting very calm and serene and like <laughs> a very life story today. Usually I'm interviewing my guest or a guest, or um, someone's interviewing me, mm-hmm. um, but we're going to do a double, a double-edged sword, I yeah. guess you could say. Yeah, <laughs> Two power women coming yeah. together. We're just going to talk about life, um, interview each other, and um, as I told Kelly, as I walked upon her place in Santa Monica, I have truly met my soul sister. We've got candles, we've got a fireplace, we've got crystals. Ooh, my pyrite is over there. Oh, yeah.
1: I just got that sucker. That's, that's bad. Calling in the abundance, baby. You've got to, you've
0: got to tell me where to get that because
1: I, I got most trying. of them from Energy Muse and Ellie Keats on Montana. Okay. Have you ever been to no. Ellie Keats? Oh my God, it's the most magical crystal shop you've ever seen in your life. And there's some you're tiny; they're like the size of you. It's so those hilarious. are the million dollar ones. Yes.
0: I am gonna start hanging out in Santa Monica more. Yes. Well, I feel like crazy vibrations when I go in there.
1: It was pretty magical. Yeah, I yeah. loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. all about, like, the grounding and the calm, as you can yes. tell. Um, and so I feel like that's just what she creates.
0: Wait, what's your sign?
1: Sagittarius.
0: Oh, s- end of November? D- uh, December Earth- 10th. December 10th. Yeah. All right. I so almost forgot my own birthday. You're almost, <laughs> you're almost, almost on the cusp there. What are Vir- you? I like Sagittarius. Virgo. Okay. Like, complete, 100%. I don't really know. What is Virgo? Oh, my gosh. So, type A, mm-hmm. like like loathes being indecisive mm. like I will have a panic attack got you I love my schedule uh-huh which has pretty much shaped me a lot but um anyways guys <laughs> you have just turned on the just being on honest podcast and the this is the platform the, vap- the platform the podcast. platform podcast okay so I'm gonna just jump into this because we could like literally gossip all day mm-hmm but Kelly is a former, I, I want to say, a former, like, big star athlete. Thank from, you. From USC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, tell me about yourself. Introduce yourself. Like, no one is, like, no one even knows you.
1: Um, so I grew up in Temecula in Southern California, cool. and I played volleyball at USC, and um, I got sick when I was playing there, mm-hmm. and I was bedridden and ended up having to quit the team, and so I've spent the last 14 years in aquatic health battle Um, and originally was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, which I later found out was incorrect. And they thought I had everything under the sun from cancer to a broken back to a torn disc and none of the doctors who were all world-renowned could figure out what was wrong with me. And it wasn't until, um, I guess it was summer of 2017 that I met my functional medicine doctor and he diagnosed me with Epstein-Barr and chronic fatigue syndrome. And then I started realizing the mind-body connection of all the stress and the emotions and all the trauma in my life that had really created a lot of the physical dis-ease that I Mm. had been experiencing. The mystery illness. Yeah. And so I started um, really correlating those things and working on myself as an individual and working through the traumas and different things that I had gone through um, that really kept coming up for me. And so the last year and a half has really just been about getting super clear on what's Mm. going on in my body and how to get the inflammation down, the heat, um, combining Ayurveda and functional medicine and more of a plant-based diet. I'm not a vegan. I still eat meat, but I really cut down the amount of meat I was having. Mm. Um, because I just feel like my liver couldn't handle all the things that I was throwing at it, including supplements that we think are so healthy. I realized that I was just overwhelming my body. And so, been figuring that out and in during that time and process I worked as a reporter and a TV host for the Lakers and the Dodgers here in LA and I was there for five years and I quit that job in March of last year to start the platform podcast and to create something that really fulfilled me and that I loved because I wanted to have conversations like this that were super honest and real and It just didn't feel like I was getting that in the career that I had. And so I left everything behind and started from scratch and created this.
0: I don't really see that as leaving things behind, but Mm -hmm. it's just basically evolving, you know, coming to a new leaf. And I'm all about, and this is what the Just Being Honest podcast is all about is I created it because I want to, my gift basically is to help other people find their gifts of, you know, what is your truth? And how can you display that? And how can you completely open up your heart and present that to the world? Because in all reality, I feel that if your eyes are wide open, like you can see the change happening in the world. There are so many people that are turning that new leaf and growing in their skin and saying like, this is me, you know, like these are my quote-unquote flaws or whatever I had to deal with or, you know... Like, my vulnerabilities, mm-hmm. you know? And also, the Just Being Honest podcast is about, you know, the nutrition that you're taking on and how that can transform your life and just being honest with that. There's so much confusing marketing information out there that people don't know what the hell they're supposed to buy. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, am I allowed You to can cuss on there okay. all you want. Um, So... Um, that being said, I applaud, I mean, applaud you for doing that because, you know, people are like, what are you doing? I'm sure you got so much wrath.
1: Oh my gosh. People thought I was crazy. Well, I disappeared off the face of the earth for five months. I was totally off social media and I didn't make an announcement like, hello everyone. This is what I'm dealing with and I'll be back in five months. I was like, just gone one day and no one knew because I was dealing with my personal things. Mm -hmm. And then five months later I quit my job and I was totally gone. And so People were like, what's going on? What happened? Are you okay? Everyone thought I was dying. And I'm like, I took a break for myself personally to deal with things. And then I chose to make a change in my career. And I realized that I can't can't live for everyone else. And it doesn't matter what anyone else says because it's not their life. It's mine.
0: And when was this?
1: This was March of 2018.
0: So almost a year. Mm We're going to have a little party. Yeah. Wow. Well, here's the deal. Um, The platform podcast is thriving. You, you your image just all of it so professional so honest and you know i feel like people are like oh everyone does a podcast da, da, da. yes but i think it's we've come to the point in life that we all want to share our story because other people need to hear it and mm-hmm. say me too mhm Yeah, me too. Yeah,
1: I think there's so many of us and me too, obviously the me too movement. um, So many of us have experienced things in that realm, but it's me too in a lot of ways like me too. I've been bullied by other women. Me too. I've had an eating disorder. Me too. I have hated my body. Me too. I don't fit into my family. Me too. I'm spiritual, but I have to hide it because I don't know what people are going to think of me. I mean, I could say this for so many things and I think you probably feel the same way the beautiful thing about our generation is that I think we're more open and we're more aware and we're ready to like shed those layers because I'm sorry, but I'm fucking tired. Yeah. Like I'm tired of living this lie and I want to be who I am because at 31, like enough is enough for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 100,000 billion percent on that. Um, I want to go back to, um, to the Epstein bar mm-hmm. because a lot of people don't know what that is. Uh, Is your doctor Dr. Anthony?
1: No, Dr. Lekos. Okay, I was like,
0: you're not under the watch of the medical medium himself. Oh,
1: Anthony Williams? Yeah. Oh, he's not a doctor.
0: He's not an actual doctor? No. Oh, well, gosh, well, I'm reading his book. for (laughs) Anyways, his book is quite profound. None of you have read it. It really gives you a lot of insight. Also, I, although, you know, I do feel it is quite redundant and he's like, It's not this, it's Epstein-Barr, which makes everyone that reads the book think that they have Epstein-Barr, which is incorrect. Um, But um, it is a very serious thing. What people don't understand, can you explain to the audience? Yeah,
1: so I do believe that like 90% of the world has Epstein-Barr. We're exposed to it and it's in our bodies and you get it. It's the virus that comes with mono and... So I do believe when he talks about the root cause of a lot of illness being Epstein-Barr and also gut health issues. So Mm. almost everyone that has autoimmune disease or some sort of chronic inflammation or chronic illness, um, it's being triggered or created by leaky gut. And that goes hand in hand with Epstein-Barr. And so all these things kind of create each other. It's the chicken or the egg. I don't know that we'll ever know exactly what it is. Um, but I like what Anthony William talks about because it's really about detoxing your body and All of the doctors that I work with and talk to, Dr. Lekos, Dr. Stephen Cabral, who wrote The Rain Barrel Effect, and Marta Sofer, who's my Ayurvedic doctor at Surya Spa, Mm -hmm. they all believe that there's a lot of good you can take from Anthony William and his protocols. Um, I just had Marta here the other day on my show, and she was saying celery juice is great, but not 16 ounces and not every day. If you can do half of that a couple days a week, that's great. But overdoing anything is not good for your body. Mm -hmm. And anyone that has digestive issues or leaky gut, I don't personally recommend celery juice to because Mm -hmm. you can't break it down. Mm -hmm. So it's causing actual, it's causing actually more trauma to your stomach Mm -hmm. than good. I do celery juice now, but my gut is healed Mm -hmm. and that's taken me a long time to get to that point. So I think that's a really important, um, difference um, that people need to understand in who's ready for it and who's not. But Epstein-Barr can cause everything, Um, leaky gut, chronic fatigue, pain, uh, depression, all of those things, which is all the things I've been dealing with for 14 years. Mm -hmm. And so I always tell people if you're having any of those kinds of symptoms, make sure that when you go get blood panels, they test you for Epstein-Barr because they can see whether it's reactivated in your body or not and if that's a potential trigger
0: yeah um let's also jump back to the celery juice thing. I'm on the same diving board as you sister. I am also a little bit of annoyed uh when I go to the grocery store and this woman literally is taking I think she had ten stocks and she's like piling them in and I was like i I shouldn't do this. But I was like, oh, wow, you must be celery juicy. And then she goes, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> and I, here's the thing. So I had um, Sally Berry, who's actually my mother. She's a functional nutritionist. Oh, amazing. Um, and I was talking to her about that. I was like, you know, mom, you know, like I've tried the celery juice. I don't do it every day. But I, I'm very a very clean eater. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I've dealt with a whole bout of stuff. Um, but I'm so plant-based and clean eating and I know what's on food and stuff that I'm like, I don't, it doesn't do anything for me. Like it completely doesn't do anything for me. And I'm already so alkaline Mm -hmm. that like it already, like if I have too much of it, it can make you feel really nauseous and sick. And I'm like, it doesn't do anything to me. Like, and she goes, well, that's because you are already clean. You know, people that are going to feel more of a symptom because it's detoxing them, but you're already completely, you know, detoxed on life. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's a. The miss, guys, if you're listening, which I hope you are, um, that's the miss, you know. The misnomer of it all. The misnomer of it all. So
1: Yeah, this, um, I don't know. Do you follow Lil Sipper, Bethany Ugarte? Oh, my God. I think I did. She's amazing. Lil Sipper? She's so great. I had her on the show a few months ago, and we talked about celery juice, and she almost died from IBS. Like, it literally almost killed her. If you see her before and after, it's insane. But... Bethany was just talking about how it rips your body to shreds and things like um, even just regular vegetables, having a kale smoothie can be really horrible for people that have chronic illness, which is what she was dealing with Mm -hmm. with the IBS. So Mm -hmm. you have to be so careful about the salt levels in celery. Mm Mm-hmm. How much of it you're putting in your body because you have to remember it's a diuretic. I, I had it this morning, yeah. Okay, I had, what eight stalks in one glass of juice that is a lot of celery. Mm-hmm. So, when it's concentrated like that, mm-hmm. a lot of people's bodies can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't really eat a lot of vegetables at this point because she's still healing. And when she has vegetables, they make her sick. If she has them, they need to be cooked. So you can break, break down, down the enzymes so that your body can actually process them. So yeah. those are really important things that I I think if you're on a raw diet, raw vegan diet, very extreme, I understand there's a place for everything. But if you're not feeling well on that diet, those are things to consider.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, a little bit at a time, it's kind of like ripping off the band-aid, yep. you know, like just a little bit, see how it feels, you mm-hmm. know. And know that, like, if you are changing your diet, like, you're going to feel if it's a dramatic change, you're gonna feel worse Mm -hmm. before you feel better, so you've Mm -hmm. gotta stick with it. But also, guys, what I love to stress is that, like, I mean, you know, one person, like, I'm not the same person as Kelly, you know? Like, she may, like, do great with meat products, I don't, Mm -hmm. I never have, whatever, you know? Like, certain people do great with celery juicing, like, I don't, you know? Like, some people are like, I fast, doesn't work for my body Mm. you know what i mean like the more i eat actually the probably more weight i lose you know it's kind of weird you know you have that metabolism i have that metabolism Mm -hmm. but then if i go through phases where like i've tried the fasting and stuff it it does the opposite for me Mm. like it'll make me puff up because if your glycogen stores and you know like your food resort reserves and all that jazz so guys understand your bodies you know like and it's going back to the root cause, mm-hmm. you know, with the Epstein bar going back to that's, it forces you to go back to the root cause of, and mm-hmm. um, in what you're thinking, you know, like, like what's really going on? Yeah. Where did this start? Mm-hmm. And that's where I want to jump to next, you know, um, like. Where where did it start? You know, like what, what's this trauma that we're like unveiling right now? You know? I think
1: for me, something that came up a few months ago, because I'm trying to correlate, when I got really sick, and the first thing that happened when I got sick, I went from being in incredible shape. I was the captain at USC, I was killing it, I was, you know, crushing my sprints, doing my thing, squatting like a boss. And then the next day I couldn't feel my left leg, it was completely numb and dead. I couldn't stand up straight. I had horrible brain brain fog and I couldn't see straight and I was in excruciating pain. I mean, overnight. So I'm like, at 19, to be in that good of shape, to go from that to basically bedridden, how does that happen? And I I look at what was going on in my life at that time and I think it's because I was inauthentic to who I was. And I had been living... Yeah. And just the way I was living my life, I just wasn't being authentic. And so my body started to attack itself. And it's been this long journey of 13, 14 years of me coming back to who I am and allowing that person to come forward. And I was always a people pleaser, Mm -hmm. always so type A, still am, always such a control freak. And I always wanted to make sure that I wasn't disappointing anyone. And if someone told me I should do something, I would go do it. I don't like sports. And I was a sports reporter for 13 years. And people told me I was good at it and that I should do it, so I did it. And then I got really good at it. And I got a lot of attention for it. And it was just this kind of hamster wheel I was living on. And my body just continued to be sicker and sicker. And I could never get out of this merry-go-round of illness. And it wasn't until I stepped out of that and quit my job and really started to own who I was that I started to feel better.
0: So... Can I ask you kind of a weird question? Maybe. What did your your voice feel like and throat feel like at that time?
1: When I was nineteen. Um,
0: you're probably like, why is she asking? No, me? I get I get why you're asking. Like, I did just, you have plumpet? What's that? Do you know what that means? No. Um, so my acupuncture, she uh, my has She had this like lump in her throat for the longest time, and until she was honest with herself, it went away. Interesting. Yeah. So, like, sometimes, like, if I'm holding back tears or something, or if mm-hmm. I'm really upset, you may lose your voice, mm-hmm. but that's your third chakra, you know, like, yeah. like, or your throat chakra that um, you're holding back, but, like, that plum pit, you can, like, actually rub it down. Like, right now, I have something in my solar plexus. I've had these, like, it almost feels like a hernia, like, in your stomach, but that means there's something around there that I'm not, like, dealing with, mm-hmm. which is kind of a scary thought because a lot of the times it is subconscious. But there are, as I mentioned when I walked into your house, you know, like there are some things that are popping back into my life that are, have been very scary thoughts. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, so that's why I was wondering. I was like, what did your voice sound like?
1: Yeah, I don't remember anything about that. I do know that my anxiety and my stress, I hold in my chest and in my shoulders. And mm-hmm. so I always felt like there was an elephant on my chest and I used to have anxiety attacks a lot a lot when I was younger and through college and even through my early years working in sports. Um, and then I started learning about all this energy stuff. And I really started to get a little more tuned into what was causing it and how to manage it better. And just breathing alone helped. But I think that's what I was feeling. It wasn't necessarily in my throat, though I know now that it was the throat chakra. It just felt like this this elephant on my chest and this intense pain in my shoulders and I would always get headaches. And I know that it was just all of that connected. And it was just like, ah, like I couldn't, I couldn't breathe. And I wanted to escape my body. I always felt like I I was suicidal at 12 and that feeling then and throughout my life would come back where I wanted to jump out of my body, like through my head. And it was just uh, trying to escape being here because it was so hard for me. And so that, that was a feeling that still looking back really resonates with me with
0: just wanting to get away. Can you share with me 12? Can you share with me what your family life maybe was like?
1: My family life was good. It was my um, social life that was a problem. Uh, My parents had created a really amazing environment to where I could come home and I could tell them things. And luckily, they did that because the first two weeks I was in seventh grade, I was coming home a wreck every day, just crying. And I kept telling my mom, I, I don't want to live anymore. It's too hard. Um, I, and I didn't really know what was going on. I just kept telling her, I don't want to live. I don't want to live. And so, um, I ended up skipping seventh grade. They moved me up to eighth grade that following Monday. That's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> seventh grade is really dumb anyways, <laughs> so, so from what I hear. So Overrated. I didn't need to go there. <laughs> um, and my thing was I was five feet in kindergarten. I was really smart. They had me teaching kindergarten after two weeks because I just like excelled. I was a really smart kid. I was very mature. I'm very mothering, even at a young age. And so I think all of that plus excelling at volleyball so early, I was one of the best players in the country when I first started because I was six feet tall in sixth grade. And so I was just really good at a lot of things. And I didn't fit in. And I didn't really get along with the kids that were my age. And so I just kept coming home like I didn't really have a close group of friends that I could relate to. I I never felt like I belonged. And I think when you're at that age and you don't understand that, it becomes very painful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, gosh, you're like talking about height and like what I would give for just – four more inches. I on know me. you're a tiny little nugget. Oh my gosh. Do you know how my, I mean, I have a friend, he's six, five and he like literally was like patting my head. I'm like, yes. sucks. Yeah. And es- especially you know, like, you know where I live, I live in volleyball central. Uh huh. You
1: I'm got like, all my friends down there. Oh
0: my gosh. I have a, my, one of my former roommates, she's six, four. Mm-hmm. We walk around together. It's like a Chihuahua and a Great Dane, and people look at us. And I'm
1: what like, is that movie? Twins with Twins? Oh my God. Schwarzenegger. Yes, that's exactly Danny what it's DeVito, like. Danny DeVito, you that's, are Danny DeVito. You're yes. a better looking version though, luckily. Thank you. Thank you. I still got all my hair. You got that hair, girl.
0: Oh my gosh! No, but seriously, like, middle school sucks. It sucks so much. And my mom was like. You, oh, it's the best grade ever. I just love that time. I'm like, no, I was chubby. I like was not growing. I like just, you know, I didn't feel like I had many friends either. And it was crazy. You
1: Did know? you realize at that time that, that was what was going on?
0: I, f- I feel like I have kind of like a memory in eighth grade. I just, I just remember being quiet a lot. Mm-hmm. I had a memory in eighth grade, um, I was in my communications class or homeroom or whatever it was called. And I just remember these two girls, which still nowadays, both beautiful girls. And I just remember they were always so put together. Like one, like literally looked like Mary Kay and, Ashley, and you know, during that time they oh, were yeah. like the, sh- the shit, you know? And I was just like, you know, I just remember I felt uncomfortable with who I was, Not to mention um, in the 8th grade. So my birthday is September 11th. Mm. So when I turned 14, that morning was the morning that the World Trade Centers happened. And, you know, I think just, I think that was one of the biggest sparks of when my life kind of went to question mark identity. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I remember I got a new stereo system that morning in, in eighth grade. You have late start. Um, and I just remember, I was like, Mom, can we plug it in? And that's how I heard. Like, a plane oh, wow. crashed into it. And I was like, what's that? And I was like, turn on the news," You know? And at that point, I'm like, I still didn't understand. I just knew that a lot of people were freaking out. Mm-hmm. You know? My uncle's a rocket scientist. He was supposed to be at the Pentagon that morning. Wow. Um, you know, I had an aunt live in Boston, and I was just f- freaking out. And that was the first time in my entire life that I got a migraine. I started getting migraines, the ones where you couldn't see. Wow. And yeah, but it was back at that point, like I think eighth grade. You know, especially with girls and stuff, we didn't even have social media back then. But Mm-mm. still, it was. I think it was all about clothes, good hair, and I think seventh and eighth is probably a lot about body too. Yeah. Um, about who's accepted. And I don't even know if it was about smarts or anything. It was about who could no. hang with the cool boys that and could play soccer with them at recess. Yeah, who got
1: attention from the boys and yeah. all of that. Do you, why do you think
0: it was migraines that manifested for you? You know, I don't know. I've always – I always remembered until about – I mean, I still kind of do, but it was worse back then. Um, such a worry word.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Such a worry word. What were and, you worried about? You know, my parents are divorced now. I think I had a fear of oh, – always perfectionist. I think I had a fear of overstepping the ground. I was the smiley face of the family. My parents did not get along at all mm. when I was younger. I saw that. Um, I shared a bedroom with my middle sister, um, which her and I clashed a lot. Our personality types, we're, we're, we talk now. I mean, we're close now, but our personality types, you know, she is very close to my father. I'm very similar to my mother. Mm. Um, I think during that time, you know it just it just really weighed down on me and i think um i think maybe the migraines i don't know exactly scientifically where those stem from but i think i just thought too much maybe i thought too much and um being overly thinking and you know worrying of that nature like all the emotion just rising to the top and me not letting it out, you know? It's like a volcano that's about mm-hmm. to erupt. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, just smile, just smile, you know? Well, I was going
1: to ask you, is that why you think your your personality is the way it is? Like, you're you're so funny, you smile, you, like, put on a show. Like, mm-hmm. you're definitely, like, you have that comedian-esque to you. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that happened, like, during that time?
0: Yeah. It, as,
1: like, a coping mechanism? Yeah, yeah,
0: completely, 100%. You know, we, I remember literally one family vacation we went on we were whitewater rafting my parents will tell the story all the time you know whitewater rafting like that's not like just hang back you know relax it's like fend for your life or going over boulders you know like and there's this man i don't know how to god i saw him you know they take the picture oh yeah and i guess i saw him everyone like you guys can't see us but everyone's like whoa you know like Everything's splashing around. They've got their oars up, you know, like, "Ah!" and I'm literally just like so relaxed. I somehow saw the camera. I'm like in third grade or something, and I'm smiling. I'm smiling at the camera. But it's literally, yeah, I think so. I think I had to be the, we're okay. Mm -hmm. We are okay. Amidst the chaos,
1: don't worry. I'll hold down the fort and smile.
0: I'll hold down the fort. And, you know, I, I wanted to be the peacekeeper, because I knew home life was not what my friend's home life was that I would spend hours and hours of. And I loved her family because I was so envious that her parents were like this and that their family went on family trips and the sisters were like best friends. And and I, I guess I feel a little guilt of thinking about that. But, yeah, that's definitely shaped who I am today. Not to say it's disingenuine you know because i am i love giving to people but i'm such a giver and i've realized this now i'm such a giver that it literally like last week slapped me in the face and and says you know like when are you going to give to yourself you know when is your time you know and and that's shaped a lot of relationships i've been in and men i've decided to date and how that's evolved and and how i'm really like focusing to where i am now but yeah
1: well i uh. think i'm a giver too have you taken the enneagram test yet is it the myers oh wait it's different it's similar like I concept it's just to understand who you are oh is it the archetype test no it's the enneagram no different. i need to take it we gotta get you to take that okay for sure you're probably a helper i'm a helper oh. so i, I do for everyone yeah So something I read the other day, it was like you give to other people what you want to be given to you. Mm. Right. So it's like back to your love language like we and um, what's your love language? (laughs) I've been told I'm a mix of everything, a.k.a. high maintenance, but um, I am definitely quality time. Mm -hmm. And um, God, what's the other one now? I can't even think of all the love languages. Quality time acts of service words of affirmation mm-hmm. acts of service yeah I think those are like gifts my means I'm not gifts um I like quality time more but I realized that I'm doing that for other people I'm like the I'm so good at words of affirmation for other people and I'm realizing I'm giving to other people because I want them to give that to me um, um and understanding that concept really helped me understand why I'm constantly trying to help people I'm doing it out of the kindness of my heart. Like, yeah. you know, I truly want to help them. But at the end of the day, there's something missing in me. So I'm going out of my way to do for others because I'm empty. And I'm hoping they'll reciprocate.
0: The same thing in return. Yeah,
1: but they don't because, because that's they... not their love language. Exactly. So they don't get it.
0: Um, For example, yeah, I'm going to jump in here. Like a guy that I'm kind of talking to, like I'll say stuff. And I'm like, no, you said the wrong thing in return. Mm-hmm. You know, like why are you just saying this? But it's like, then someone reminds me like, guys are really just not that smart. <laughs> you know?
1: no. you know? And you have to teach them and you have to show them and they don't necessarily know what love languages are. So you have to have the conversation with them and be honest and... um this guy Connor hosts the realness podcast and I love his show because he talks about it from the man's perspective. He's so woke. Like he is so conscious and aware. And I just, I love listening to him like rant about this stuff. Um, But he talks about, you can't expect someone to know what you want and you can't expect them to just figure it out. You need to tell them what it is you want. And you have to explain to guys, especially I like when you do this because, or I want to do this because so that they truly understand the concept of what really drives you. And then they can learn. Otherwise it's just, it's a free for all and they're yeah. never going to get it. And why would we expect and then you're them
0: to frustrated? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I think that's a hundred percent correct. Um, yeah oh my gosh, and it's taken me years. what am i thirty one? And I'm mm-hmm. like I'm still constantly trying to be like telling myself like just tell them or like ask them like, do they like you or whatever like stop beating around the bush, but then you like get to that moment and you're like, uh, uh, uh. Mm-hmm. I mean, I need to practice that more. I know that for sure, but yeah, talking about that is just crazy. but like how do you how do you deal? I don't know if you're dating right now or not, but like, how do you like in the world that we live in with social media mm-hmm. and all that jazz, like are you on apps? Like, how do you meet people? Oh Especially in LA. I am
1: the wrong person to ask for this. So no, um, you're the right person. My guy and I are are in a we're in a we're having a moment. I don't know what we're doing right now. Um we're is Mercury
0: not- in retrograde? Yes, yeah,
1: sir, so that's how it feels. We are not together, but we are talking and spending time together and just trying to figure out figure out life. Um but what I will say is I always date my friends. And I um I think being on television and being a quote-unquote public figure made me really protect myself. And being around so many athletes, too, you have to really uh, build a wall around yourself that shows that you you're not welcoming them in because you say one thing. And it's, again, a free for all. They, They think they have the right to come on to you or try and date you. And as a professional, that's obviously not what you want. So I think I learned at a really young age because I've been doing. Television since I was 19, that you have to protect yourself. And so I just never opened myself up to that in social situations. So I always relied on just dating my friends. So it was guys that I went to college with, or um, friends of friends, or um, my guy now and I, he was my trainer at Orange Theory, and we met there. And Mm -hmm. we just became friends through that, and then ended up dating after a few years of being friends. So that's how I've done it. I, I would never put myself on an app because people know who I am and mm. I just don't feel comfortable with that. And all of my guides and intuitive readers and everyone has always said like the person you're with is going to be someone from within your tribe and your friend. Um, is that
0: true for everyone do you think?
1: No. No? I don't. Cause I think, I think you can meet on apps. I think you can meet in a lot of ways. I know people that are married that met in a bar and got married three months later and they've been married for 40 years. Like mm. I think that it's different for everyone. I just know I don't go to bars. I was in bed at six thirty last night. Six
0: thirty. That's <laughs> yeah, before and I was me. Like, I, was I was 845. Yeah. And I was wow.
1: reading and I was like, you know, doing my candle shit and the crystals and all that. Um, God, can I sleep yeah, over? Yeah. Come for over for sure. in the second bedroom. Um, I just, I don't appreciate small talk. I don't like bars. I don't like being up late. I just think it's a bunch of bullshit and I just don't want to feed into it. I did the late nights and the binge drinking and the shots and the whole thing in college and after and I raged and I got that out of my system and I want nothing to do with that anymore.
0: Oh my God. You said it perfectly. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Because, okay, here's the thing. I get made fun of so much. Like, well, what time do you go to bed? I'm like, guys, I have a routine. I even wrote a blog post about my pre bedtime routine. Like, it's got to happen or else I'm going to be a gremlin the next day. Mm-hmm. I get sick very easily. So it's like, if I don't get my sleep, like, mama gets stressed. Yes, you amen. know? And I just, yeah, same thing. Like, I've never been a partier amongst, I think, many situations. It's just, I've always had, I, I've, I don't know. Nothing good happens after. It's true. Nothing no. good happens after nine. I'm done. No, after
1: nine for sure. I if was someone asks as a joke, it really is after nine o'clock.
0: <laughs> no, but yeah, for sure. But like, it's like I can go out. Like, but I, I'm kind of like, okay, we got like one more hour, you know, and like, so the right person has to really understand that about me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's very true, you know? Who was the
1: last person you dated, and why didn't it work?
0: Like, what do you mean by dating? Like,
1: lo- like in a relationship like, with, for longer than six months.
0: Oh, for longer... Um, that relationship was, um, for longer than six months, that relationship was, like, seven years ago. Mm. That one, like, that one took me down. Yeah. That one, that one probably... Translated to who I am today Mm, because, um, and this is what a lot of my audiences don't know about me, but I'll share it so (laughs) be brave. Um, I was in a relationship with someone that God, he said all the right things, he Started off the relationship, giving me flowers, you know, putting me on the pedestal. And I was, what, 21? Just broke up with my high school sweetheart. Um, there was this new guy who was older. Great. Awesome. And, you know, he was this hotshot athlete. He was a firefighter. Great. He did good. I met his family, great family, so nice. Um, We dated for about a year and a half, and he was a big athlete, as I mentioned before, and things started to kind of fizzle down. Um, Now it's all kind of foggy to me now. I think my mind kind of numbed it away, but I just noticed, and maybe, (laughs) I'm trying not to give myself an excuse that I was naive, but maybe I was naive. And maybe I was pleasing. Um, all I knew is that some of the things that he did to me was scary. And even though he said he loved me, he was the first one that ever said he like looked me in the eyes and said I love you. Um, all I know is that after therapy, you know, going through that, realizing that. Um, I was date raped multiple times and it destroyed me and you know some people may believe it may not believe it some people may even not believe that that's even possible if you're in a relationship with someone um all I knew is that my body felt so used and this might be TMI, but, um, I would not be able, like, I would spend the night at his house, but I would, for some reason, I could never sleep, never, ever sleep, um, I would sit there, and, like, in my bed, just night after night, not being able to sleep, and, you know, going to the bathroom after those incidents, and, TMI just you know like being a little bit bloody you know like and it was hard because everyone knew me as this kind soul but then there was also this person out there that was taking advantage of me and I couldn't tell anyone because it was such a personal moment between two people and I guess I felt a little bit of shame and I've never really spoken this, but I guess, like, thanks. I guess, um, I don't know. I guess it's, it climbs out every once in a while, especially when I'm talking about meeting guys, um, especially in L.A. I mean, this guy was not in L.A., but, you know, the whole trust factor and me putting up my guard, as we were just talking about letting people in, I I very much so want to let people in. And I am one of the, like, my favorite holiday is Valentine's Day. I love love. And, you know, but also I'm at the point where I'm kind of like, I need support I don't I don't want to give up my identity ever ever again because I lost it and you know I yeah sure I went to therapy but I also literally flew myself to Southeast Asia spent like as I had a fear for spending my money I bought a ticket went over there by myself with no plan almost died literally almost died (laughs) and at the end of it there was a point when I said I'm ready to go home and and I remember smiling again but I I look god I look back at some of those pictures and I'm just like poor thing like like poor baby like she didn't know you know and I'm just saying like if anyone has to deal with that like find a soul sister, find a, anyone, just say this is what I'm going through, like, what should I do? Because I, time and time again, you know, at the end of it, my mom saw something within me. She's my best friend and she tried to tell me, but when you're in a situation like that, a traumatic, any traumatic experience, you're not going to see it until you're outside, completely outside of it, you know? And, Wow, I've never shared that before, <laughs> But it is scary. It is so scary to realize that like you lose your identity. Like losing your identity, might as, you might as well be dead. And just like you at that point, I remember, God, my story goes longer, but you know, suicidal thoughts are a real thing. They are a very real thing. And it that's even more, <laughs> Scary to say. Um, But it is, as you mentioned, like, aligning your core once again. And it's not about being fucking tough. It's really not. Because, you know, social media, especially these days, everything's a highlight reel. But then, just like you, like, right now I'm going through some things that are kind of being triggered back up in my life again. And seeing actually people on the street that look like this guy. And I'm like, why am I thinking these thoughts? You know, I don't want to manifest this. And, uh, yeah, it's just like, I'm just being honest, (laughs) you know?
1: What does that bring up for you now when you think about the relationship and the situation that you were in?
0: Um... As regard, like in regards to what, like
1: well, why why do you think it still makes you so emotional?
0: Perhaps because I didn't get a yell at him. <laughs> I don't know. Um, because probably because he took away my innocence. And is if anyone knows, like your aura is deep. It's really deep, and when you're in a relationship with anyone sexually, you have cords that are connected deep within inside you. And, you know, maybe there's a hanging thread. You know, I thought my energy healer cut him off, but I did find an instance where someone I didn't even know on social media was following me, a female. And usually I like to connect up with my followers, and lo and behold, it's his new wife, whom I have never met in my entire life, ever. And she looks very similar to me. <laughs> and I did contact her and say, I mean, I basically just said like, I wanna know, like, do you do you, you, know, wanna know anything about my services? And she never followed me ever again. I didn't ask her anything about her personal life. But the thing that hurts me the most is that, A, his first wife committed suicide. B, the second relationship I knew about, she became a hardcore bodybuilder, had an eating disorder. The next one was me, who traumatically ran off to Southeast Asia, um... And four, there's this other female who I don't know about who's actually married to him now, and I'm afraid it's a cry for help. And I don't know why it keeps going on. But I think, I don't know, I I think he keeps coming back into my life. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. And I'm, I'm trying not to associate that with the next people I meet, because I'm meeting some amazing, genuine guys, you know, that I can fully trust, and I'm afraid I'm going to do that whole self-sabotage thing, and I've done it. Um, But everyone comes into your life for a reason. I think what he's really taught me is to be yourself, to speak your truth, and To really understand that people are fighting a battle that you don't see on the outside and to love everyone for who they are and to give a stranger a hug, you know. Um, Can I offer something for you?
1: Yes. I think that he is going to keep popping up into your life until you heal those wounds for your inner child suggestions? So, um, all of us go through trauma as children, big or small, um, and there's varying levels, but what I have learned is that there's a little girl inside of you, right? And she's the reason that you're crying Mm -hmm. because she feels like her innocence was taken away and she feels like she's not being seen or heard or taken care of or protected. And because, you haven't worked through that and shown her that you're protecting her now and that she doesn't need to feel shame or guilt, that it wasn't her fault. Having those conversations, talking to her in meditation, um, almost pretending like she's a child sitting next to you and like holding her um, or letting her play with you. Um, you know, we're all souls and we all have these inner children, and until we allow them to heal, we never will get past that trauma. And so I think that's why PTSD or things like that are triggering you is because that little girl still feels really hurt and um, vulnerable and not
0: protected. Yeah. And I can, I can think of some instances of why mm-hmm. some very clear ones um God, I hope my dad's not listening. <laughs> But we've had our spats. Um, I actually had to face him at one point after a therapy session um, where I told him how I felt, how he treated me at certain points in my life. We didn't talk for probably a good half a year, maybe even a year. A terrifying moment to not speak to your dad. I had to think of moments of who was going to walk me down the aisle. Um. I had a crying fit. Um I think I think it was I don't know. Probably during this whole relationship situation. I was sitting on the couch and I started hyperventilating to my mom and I it clicked. Sometimes it just clicks and I realized that yeah, my dad did verbally abuse when i don't think he meant it but he has depression and um i think it came out onto us even though we were just kids and i got yelled at about little things like little things you know like if i was being potty trained or you know or something like that or i i did something on accident like i just remember for one instance yeah. So I'm from the Midwest and it rains a lot so they have um by the house like these like drain I don't know how to describe it. They look like big plastic bubbles. So like the water doesn't go into the basement. Anyways, I was playing and my foot went through one so I broke it. I got so scared. I ran and hid, hid under my bed because I was like oh, my dad's going to yell at me and my dad never hit me or anything, but he did have a frustration and he didn't yell at me. He actually, you know, we went and bought another one together. But I I, I think that's also why I don't like conflict. So I just let people, I just do, okay, I understand. I do the, okay, I understand because if I try to fight it, if I try to resist it, it's going to make it worse. I just know that. I don't like to feel the fire. And I think I think that's a big thing is what took me on to that other relationship is I didn't want to feel the fire. Not that he was yelling at me or anything. But I never wanted to hurt anyone by my actions. So I guess I need to coddle that child and hold her
1: because I think that's what you need because I mean I've literally never talked to you until today just emails right and what comes across to me is that you are funny and you do have this like great personality and you're bubbly but I think that you're still coping and using that to hide Mm -hmm. like your show is just being honest but are you being honest I don't think you're I'm being str- as,
0: I think I'm starting to. Mm-hmm.
1: I think you you called it that because you know that that's where you got to go, but I don't think that you. I think you're just touching the surface, and I think that you're gonna peel so many layers away. And I'm curious how it's gonna affect your personality because I think that you're still protecting yourself in a really profound way, which. We all do. We all pick a way to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how you do it for you to people please and to be funny and to keep the peace. And I think that you're, that's why we talked about before we started recording, like we're both having breakdowns left and right right now. I think that's why. I think it's like, you know, that you're breaking down and shedding all that stuff because it's time for you to go to that next step.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, That's a really good point. I'm actually working on a book right now that talks about the relationship talks about the things that's happened in my past and i as i think about it it is so crazy that the show is and the blog is called just being honest because basically you know it's about finding your identity in your true voice and it's coming it's coming and i can feel it and it feels beautiful it's so fucking scary um so scary like some of the things i'm going to post on social media it's kind of like a, i don't give a shit what people think about me but crying like for real like showing that like guys i'm freaking out here like i'm freaking out here like where's the love you know and yeah i mean shedding is a real thing and it's kind of hard because i you feel so alone at the point when you're doing it because you don't want anyone to see you So let me flip it on you. What are you shedding right now?
1: Um, I think that I have have such a fear of success and a fear fear of failure. And Mm -hmm. so I kind of bounce back and forth between the two. And I am such a perfectionist and so type A and controlling that I don't I don't necessarily know what I'm doing every day. I'm running a company. I have a podcast. We're starting online courses. Um, we're putting on events. I have a team of eight plus people and I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm the one that's calling the shots every day and I'm the leader. And so I'm so scared of failing them and failing myself and putting myself out there truly. Um, I'm also scared of this blowing up the way I believe it can and helping as many people as I believe I can because um, it's, it's scary for me to sit here so um, genuinely raw and share myself and know that that's how it's going to help people because I have to break myself apart and wide open in order to serve other people. And that is really scary, too. Um, I always wanted to be the person that had it all together. And I um, I really did in a lot of ways. I, they, My family and friends when I was younger called me Perfect Kelly. I did nothing wrong. And so to let go of that identity and to step into who I am, which is very human, and I do make mistakes, and I do the wrong things, and I'm not perfect um, in in order to get to the success it's that process is really scary and I think um in relationship and the struggles that we've had I'm extremely codependent and I I realized um I can't breathe without him and that is really scary um to feel like your entire lifeline is wrapped up into one person
0: wait him as in your man
1: yeah And um it's not healthy for me. And so it's learning how to exist in a relationship, not relying on that person to be my everything and to fulfill me. He left the other day when he was here and um I felt so empty. And
0: And where was he going?
1: Like he just went home. He just like went home because we don't live together. And he, he left and I was here for hours that night and I felt so empty and so worthless. And I was just like, what, what is do I do now? Feeling? Yeah. yeah. What do I do with this? And it was Sunday morning when I realized like I, I can't breathe without him. And that's really scary. And that's something that I have to work on is understanding how to navigate life without relying on someone else for most of my life. It was my mom. I couldn't make a decision without her. I called her 30 times a day. I asked her what color underwear to put on, like literally every (laughs) single thing I couldn't function. And then it's, it's always a guy, a guy will complete me. A guy will make me whole. He will make me validated. He will make me worthy. And so now it's shedding those layers of codependency and realizing that that's not where my value is tied in. It's, it's within myself. Like, I want to be taken care of too. My little girl wants to be protected. I have to do that for her. I can't let a man walk in and do that for her. That's not how it works. So it's a lot of shedding, but um, they're all like, you know, they all exist together. They all affect each other.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, With the whole thing with being codependent, that's a really, that's also a very Big, like identity thing as well, mm-hmm. because especially being a female leader, um, sharing your story, but also building like I I agree with you on one thing because I think it's what holds me back as well is um I know I'm coming tr- full circle here, but the power of potential mm. um I can tell you of gifts, and I've told my mother. You know, like, Mom, I've got gifts. I know I know that I help people. But the thing is, it's like, I'm like, you know, like, again, going back to the I give too much of myself to where it exhausts me mm-hmm. and it sucks the life force out of me because I just want to see people be happy and thrive. But that power of potential is holding me back from growing it so much more. And you're so right. Like, I need to rip out you know, and be like, this is what happened to me. And that's why I'm writing this book. And that's why I like, thank you for letting, making me share that story. Because it's gone through so many other facets of my life. Um, further along of why I've jumped around and moved so much. What are you searching for? But the codependency thing, you know, I think I used to be a lot like that. Um, and I think, I don't want to talk for every female, but it's almost—I feel like it's been ingrained in a female's Completely. mind. Completely. Yes. And it really annoys me because you know it's like the whole females in money-making situation. But as Tonya Rod would say, we are modern women. You know, like we can grow this and we can ride this ship, and the right guy will be there to support you, not judge you for you know rising above him or whatever like you'll be there together Mm -hmm. you know he'll want you to succeed and i think a lot of females have a fear um to say like why would i ever want to do this you know like i should be silent you know like for instance i had a guy and i think it's because of what has been said to us over and over again i had a guy say to me um oh do you need a website for your services? And I was like, well, I have one, you know, but, um, can I see some of your work? How much do you charge? I mean, it's something as little as this, right? And he goes free. Okay. When someone, ev- yeah, your eyes, they yeah. did the squint, um, the, yeah. the no, head thank shake. I, thank, I, you yeah. <laughs> thank you next. Yeah. thank you. I literally said, what's the catch? Seems harmless, right? Well, it's the obvious. What, follow-up. what would a, yeah. what would a guy say? What's the catch? You know? Yeah. He says back to me, what do you mean, what's the catch? Are you being a brat? What if it was two males talking to one another? How would he have replied to that? Yeah, not like that. And I think that's the thing that really puts me on my edge, and especially with trusting males these days. Um, But yeah, the codependency, he's going to want to support you. So you'll know if that's right. Mm-hmm. If he's there to support you, root you on, share that love language hopefully with you. Mm-hmm. God, I'm so striving to get people to like, what's your love language? What's your love language? But not be that person. Right. Yeah. Um. Well, and I think it's about
1: two holes coming together. And that's what I am striving for is to be healed and whole mm-hmm. before I'm in relationship with someone so that I am getting what I need and giving what I can mm-hmm. but not feeling like I'm being depleted and not feeling like I'm not getting what's important for me yeah um and I think that that's one of the hardest things to do and I don't know a lot of people that enter in a relationship as a whole we're all looking for someone to fill us up authentically whole. yeah because you I know, don't think enough of us are aware of what we're doing
0: Maybe, like, (laughs) I'm, like, trying to make a strategy of this. Maybe if, like, you're not, like, defined as in a relationship, but you really are helping each other out with their shit, let's, let's say, and saying, like, well, try this, try that. But, I mean, are we all ever really, truly whole? Like, shouldn't we always be, like, you know, a puzzle in the works? Like, not completely done, but... Oh, let's exchange this piece for that piece, see if this one fits.
1: Yes. I agree with you. I just think that we can't ask the other person to give us oh, the puzzle piece to fill it. To well, yeah.
0: complete it. Because they're gonna, they're going to name your identity. Right. And Kelly might not be a marathon runner, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. She may be a ballet connoisseur, you know, whatever. <laughs> but you know when the time's right the time will be right you'll be able to feel it so they say I know <laughs> <laughs> are like, you
1: speaking from experience
0: no I don't know I'm, <laughs> I'm actually like <laughs> I've actually gone to the point when where I knew
1: I, I knew oh did you
0: I, I ask <laughs> people that question so many times and I'm constantly in a battle like is this it? Like I asked myself, I'm like, is this what it feels like? But I have had one person say like, you know, you know, when you know, you know. And then I had someone that's like, well, no, we didn't know. We, we like knew that like, oh yeah, sure. We will probably be together. Like this feels good, but it wasn't like, ah, like yeah, a raining.
1: The angels didn't shine down no. on you and sing a damn song.
0: Yeah. So, so I'm that's like, that's unfortunate. Yeah. I know. I want that to <laughs> I would to like that sign. I know. I need that sign. <laughs> I know. Because right now I'm like, well, uh, uh, mm, I like this. One. Yeah, and guys don't even, guys don't ask me out. They say, do you want to hang out? That's because you have walls up. You're not ready And yet. they can tell that? Yes.
1: Is it because I'm too friend-zoney? It's because you don't want to be in a relationship because you don't trust anyone because you don't trust yourself because you haven't done the work on your inner child because she doesn't feel protected, so you can't enter into a relationship.
0: Wow. You are wise. Thanks. So how do you get the walls down? Like, I know, work with the inner child. Mm-hmm. But
1: like I think you're becoming more aware of what's holding you back.
0: And yeah. And I think the work
1: you do every day, pulling cards, journaling, like getting quiet, allowing yourself to cry, like it's not the time for you to be in a relationship. Yeah. And that's okay. But going on apps and trying to force it, that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you need to just let yourself be. Mm-hmm.
0: And it'll happen when it happens. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I know. I was talking to my mom back to the Epstein bar. I was talking to my mom. I was like, (laughs) I was like, mom, as I read this book, I feel like I have it. She's like, you don't have it. And I'm like, how do you know? Like, how do you know? I know you get the blood test done and all that stuff, but how do you know that like you're healed from it?
1: Mm, That's a great question. So Dr. Lekos and I, we, um, we did my updated blood work and it came back that my numbers were higher, but I felt way better so the problem is it depends on the antibodies that are in your blood and what's showing up. It doesn't necessarily correlate to what's going on with the Epstein bar. So it's really shoddy, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So I have just gone off how I feel and I feel really good. I've had energy, my stomach is healed. I don't have problems with food. Um, I'm sleeping well, I'm not puffy, I'm not in pain. So are you calm,
0: like much more calm? Much calmer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel as depressed. Um because I have energy and I can sleep and, you know, everything mm-hmm. goes into that. It's 30. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think, um, I think that's how you tell. I, uh, tests are great, but at the end of the day, you really have to go by how you feel. It's mm-hmm. like people always say, um, I took a test for gluten intolerance or celiac and it came up negative. Yeah. So I'm going to eat gluten and I say, that doesn't work because You tell me you eat gluten and it makes you feel bad. Why are you going to tell me, oh, well, there's tests that I'm fine, so I'm going to eat the gluten.
0: That's not how it works. You have to listen to your body and be aware. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And also, go to Italy and eat the gluten. It's Yeah, and you'll be fine. What people would know about American food. (gasps) Let's do a whole podcast about that. Oh, my God, about the difference. Talk about depressing. Talk about depressing. What what these companies spend on Americans, um, you know, the creation of say like a fast food chain, like one French fry over here compared to the same French fry of the same company over mm-hmm. in Europe, completely different g- ingredients. Yep. They're cheating us. Oh and, yeah. God, people don't even know this stuff. And no. I'm like, how do you not know this? That's why I'm trying to share it with y'all. Do you follow food, babe? Yes. Oh my I, God, I love her. her. Oh, good. Yeah, Wait. I'm trying to get her on the show. I,
1: I ordered four copies of her book that's coming out. She's what magnificent. are they, What is it called?
0: Food lies. Uh, the truth that's killing you or something yeah. like that. Something like Everyone that. Everyone needs to get that. Oh, my God. She's, she's the jam. She's amazing. And I'm like, how are they letting you in? Like, don't they know who you are? Yeah. I just want to, like, go with her one day and be like, we got you. I know. Be yeah. a fly on the wall. Like, the, like, what people don't even understand, like, what she did, the the Budweiser. Oh, that was crazy with the corn syrup and the whole thing. Like, well, you, no wonder you all feel so crappy. Like, mm-hmm. just eat real food. Yeah. And, like, know what to ask your questions to the farmers. Like, it's just a really scary world out there. And mm-hmm. I hate to say it like that, but it's just.
1: You just have to be smart and be a conscious consumer and do yeah. your research and not, not do things because the FDA told you that it's safe. Do mm-hmm. things because you've done the research.
0: It's like the doctor. Yeah. Don't believe all the doctors either. Exactly. It's the same thing. You know what? What I love what you're doing is energy healing because i find that the most cause of disease is from our energetic alignment mm-hmm. it's from stress which is causes inflammation which is causes all these diseases there yeah, as doctor not doctor anthony says you know it's um everything's stemmed from inflammation and just like misalignment and mm-hmm. all that jazz and the girl who does my colonics says that people get who get leaky
1: gut. It's because they have poor boundaries. That makes Duh. so much sense. I was like, mic drop sister!" While she has a tube like, up my butt, I'm like, "No pun intended." <laughs> yeah, you don't have boundaries, so you get leaky gut, which is
0: holes in your gut, intestinal lining. Yeah, this the food sneaks out. I actually had when Sally was on the podcast. We just did a gut health episode, oh, and nice. she was explaining leaky gut because people throw that term around Mm -hmm. so much and they don't even know what it is I'll go leaky gut I'm like yes but do you know what that means and probiotics are a great example Mm -hmm. and like what a prebiotic is and why people whatever we can keep talking forever about that but yeah that makes so much sense Mm -hmm. boundaries boundaries so speaking your truth can be so hard and Yeah, you may hesitate, you may cry, you may scream, you may kick. Um, That conversation I had with Kelly Tennant, I could have seriously talked with her forever and that's why we had to cut it off because we're going to have her back on. We have so much more to talk about. I actually didn't even get the opportunity to ask her what her honest truth was to maintaining a healthy lifestyle, but I, I think I could guess of what it would be. I think she would basically say, don't give an F about what anyone thinks about you or how you live your life with your true purpose as the focal point. I mean, this girl has got it going on. It's time to love yourself. It's time to shed all of your past because it's not doing any service to you. So a couple ways that you can connect with Kelly will be in our show notes, but it is thisistheplatform.com forward slash healing. Thisistheplatform.com forward slash gather. Kelly has a list of multiple events and ways you can connect further with her as well. She's also on Instagram, um, which will also be in our show notes. But guys, again, I cannot thank you enough for supporting the JBH podcast. If you feel that someone you know should hear or could benefit from this particular episode or any of our episodes, please pass it along. Share this episode with your social outlets and please tag at Just Honest KB in your post. We are honored for your time and for subscribing to our show. We are honored to be a leader of your community and hope, 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 hope that you are finding some healing, some balance, and some saving grace within your soul. Thanks again for tuning in. Ciao.